I preached last Sunday in our church a sermon because I, I felt by the Spirit of God is so important. Unfortunately, here in Australia, we uh, miss one day in the calendar or one uh, festivity. And you know which one it is? You're right, John. And so I preached last Sunday about Pentecost. Pentecost, the only Pentecostal meeting since church history, which was everything in order. And you know what Pentecost it was? Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. So, and uh, I took um, from the Lord a word in my heart. So, uh, last year and the years before, I had a series and I preached about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And uh, so, I got it from the Lord to preach a series. And the series will be Jesus in Acts. So, and I will go through Acts in the Bible. And everywhere I will find Jesus. And it's all about Jesus. Amen? Amen? It's all about Jesus. And I'm so glad that our dear brother John and this church is dedicated to proclaim the name of Jesus. Amen? Not just the name of a church, but the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's so good. Now I'm going to continue. Um, about a scene in Acts chapter 2 and I might read perhaps two verses Acts chapter 2 the verses 37 and 38 Acts 2 37 and 38 now when they heard this that means the sermon that Peter preached yes now when they heard this they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles brethren what shall we do Peter said to them repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for my dear brothers and sisters here. And I thank the Lord that you brought us here. I thank the Lord that you will bless us this morning. I thank you for your precious word. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you may give grace to speak your word. Give grace to listen to your word. And also give grace to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Now Pentecost was a great uh, festivity in Israel. And many Jews and proselytes came to Jerusalem from all over the whole Roman Empire. They came to Jerusalem because of one great Jewish feast and it was the uh, Shavuot. There was a feast 
of weeks. And that's why it's very easy to calculate. That was seven weeks, one week weeks from the day of Passover. That is 49 days plus one. And that is John, what? 50. So Pentecost means the 50th day. You are really Pentecostal now. <laughs> 50 years. Yeah, praise the Lord. And the Lord is so good. And we know the story. I don't want to preach my sermon. I preached last Sunday again. I've got something new. And that is good. Hallelujah. And we see something the Apostle Peter preached. And we know the story. You know, many... And there were about 16 or 15 different languages were spoken there. And some people get confused. Oh, Pentecostal church. Oh, I tell you, that's horrible. This was the first orderly Pentecostal church. It was organized by the Holy Spirit. And anything the Holy Spirit does is good. Amen. Hallelujah. And... I was inspired by that. And I want to continue on this now. There was a great harvest of soul. 3,000 souls came into the kingdom of God. John, what are you going to do? If 3,000 souls are going to be added to this church as it was there. Praise the Lord. Now, because it was a great feast of every, every Jewish man, it was required to come and be there at the temple, in the temple. And they saw something great happening. The Holy Spirit was poured out. And all these apostles and those who were there were speaking in other tongues. I believe in speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives utterance don't go for a cheap version and I know cheap versions I don't practice them there's some people that go around oh uh, can you speak in tongues no oh I can teach you and then they pray and they say speak after me this is wrong they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. And I wish for everybody, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit as yet, as baptism in the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. Hallelujah. And not somebody says, speak after me. A kind of gibberish or whatever. Now we see here something happening and I can prove it. They were not just speaking some kind of gibberish. They spoke something that made sense to those who understood it. Amen. God makes sense in every way in the Bible. The Bible makes sense. Amen. And I like the word of God. You know what the Bible says here in verse 2? It's the last part. Cretans and Arabs. 
We hear them in our own tongues speaking of mighty deeds of God. In all these different languages, people who came from there, they understood and said that's what they're talking about. It's not some kind of foolish things. No, we hear them, the great works of God and deeds of God speaking because they understood. If you are a German, if I would continue in German preaching, you would be able to understand it. But I'm not choosing to speak German. I choose to speak English because I want you to understand what I have to say. Does it make sense? To me it does. Now what sort, what's the sort of great things happened and were they talking about? There's only a few things and that is this. The great things first of all that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus was crucified and that Jesus rose again. Those who understood, they knew it is about Jesus Christ. But there were others and they said, well, they are full of sweet wine, they are drunk. But we believe the Bible, what, she, what the Bible says. And they spoke about these great things. Now Peter picked up because some people they said, well, they are drunk. And he picked up, he stood up, said, no, 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 they are not drunk. They are not drunk in the Holy Spirit. There is no drunkenness in the Holy Spirit, full stop. There's a great joy in the Holy Spirit, amen. There's great joy in Jesus. But no drunkenness in the Holy Spirit. As some people go around and preach the nonsense. Peter understood, no, 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 now I have to stand up. And he preached. And you know what he preached? A heart-piercing sermon. You should have been there. You should have been there in Jerusalem and listened to Peter. He said, no, don't think this, that they are drunk. It's the ninth hour. No, they are not drunk. They are full of the Holy Spirit. That is this what the Bible spoke to the prophet Joel. That God is going to pour out His Spirit in the last days. And His sons and daughters shall prophesy. That means the gifts of the Spirit are going to appear again. And Peter spoke about it. Listen. And he spoke actually not really a Pentecostal sermon. You know what he preached? He preached a resurrection sermon. He spoke about that Jesus Christ was raised again and he received from the Father. And that's what he gave and poured out the Holy Spirit. Remember, for everything we experience, we must have a biblical explanation. Yes? We must have a biblical explanation. And Peter had here a very clear biblical um, explanation. Peter proved, first of all, that Jesus is the Messiah. 
that Jesus is the Son of God. And we read it very clearly. Therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Christ whom you crucified. He is the Lord and he is the Messiah. He is Jesus Christ. And Peter quoted also from Joel's prophecy in Joel chapter 2, 28, verse 28 to 32. Now the people realize something that Jesus Christ, that Jesus we crucified a few weeks ago. He is the Son of God. And He is the Lord. He is the Messiah. Actually what we have done, we have killed our Messiah. Is there any other way to get to heaven except Jesus? No. And that's important and that's why I'm so glad you are preaching not any kind of stuff here. You are preaching Jesus. John, keep preaching Jesus. There was a pastor and he had sometimes guest speakers and on his pulpit here he had a sentence to be known for every pastor, every guest speaker talk about Jesus I like it talk about Jesus Amen Jesus has caught my heart and Jesus has lifted me up he gave me eternal life hallelujah now this, this thought what have we done we have killed our Messiah and that's why Jews who don't believe in Jesus still waiting for the Messiah but this Messiah had come already now when they heard this they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the Apostles brethren what must we do what shall we do we have blown it in other words we have killed our own Savior that's what he came for, the Messiah to save us. We have killed him, what should we do now? And Peter said something. You know the word? The first word is repent. 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 Repentance is one of the greatest and wonderful words Jesus said, John the Baptist preached. Repent, repent. What is repentance? Repentance, the Greek word metanoia means learn to think differently or change of mind change of mind they need to change their mind about Jesus and many people have a wrong idea about Jesus and even some Christians have the wrong idea about Jesus we need to have the idea of the Bible who is Jesus I have a good friend and he was uh, driving in Germany and there was somebody you know what it means when somebody is at the side of the road and does this 
hitchhiking. He, he wants to be taken up, taken up. And he took him in in his car and he asked him a question. Do you know, do you know Jesus? Ah, ah, you mean uh, the one from the Catholic Church? No, Jesus is not the one from the Catholic Church. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is not only the man from Galilee or Nazareth. Jesus is the Son of God. And that makes salvation so great. That God came down to this earth to save you and me. God, Jesus is the Son of God. And there is salvation in nobody else. And that's what Peter says also in Acts chapter 4.12. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that had been given among men by which we can be saved. Must. 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 So, if you would go to heaven somehow, I don't know. If you would go to heaven without Jesus, you don't belong there. Only Jesus can give you eternal life. We must be saved by Jesus. And if Jesus is not in your salvation story when you came to, to believe in him, if Jesus is not there, you are not saved. If there's anything else but Jesus, you are not saved then. You must be saved. And something, I studied about it, and I thought about it, and something the Lord gave into my heart. I'm going to read this verse again in Acts chapter 4, 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. What does it mean, under heaven? You know what it means? You need to be saved under heaven here on this earth. In this earth, on this earth, by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't think, oh God, Somehow, you will squeeze one eye when I come and stand before your throne. No, no, no. God sees into your hearts. And he sees whether Jesus is in your heart or not. And Peter says, And each of you be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Thus baptism, thus baptism forgives sins, I question now. Now one thing is for sure, the early Christ Christian and Bible Christian didn't accept anyone as a Christian if he was not baptized. Did you know that? Baptism belongs just to
through our believing in Jesus Christ. It's so important. Does baptism really forgive sins? A mere physical element H2O can't do a spiritual thing within us. But now I have to explain to you what it means. It means baptism is something they're washing away of our old life. Because we have been born again. Now here's some mothers too. You remember when you give birth to your son or daughter? What is the next thing that child gets? A bath. It's been washed. Now so it is also. And that's why there was in, in, in Israel or amongst the Jews a baptism that's called the baptism of the proselytes. A proselyte is somebody who saw in Israel there is a God and they realized somehow Israel has the Lord God Jehovah there's a real God I, I want to belong to this people and then he could become not a Jew to be a Jew you had to be born and he, he might have moved to Jerusalem and might have learned Hebrew to be a Jew no 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 you can't be a Jew, you had to be born a Jew. But there was something, and there was a baptism called the baptism of proselyte. These Jews, if it was a, a man, he got circumcised and all the things. And then they had to accept the law of Moses. And then there was a baptism and this baptism symbolized that all the Jewish past would now be washed away. And did you know, our dear brother Ananias in the Bible, he had a little bit of a problem. There was a guy and his name was Saul. He was a Jew and he was a real, real goer for Judaism and he was against the Christian and he persecuted them and so on but one day the Lord met him on the way to Damascus and you know the story of this man his name was Saul later on called Paul and we read of him then he was blind and God spoke to Ananias and he lived in Damascus. Listen, there is somebody. Go down to the street that's been called the straight one. And there is somebody, a Saul, but he is going to be a special tool for, for me. You go there and you pray for him. Oh, oh, oh. This name Saul I heard about, Jesus, I heard about him, nothing good to be reported about him. He is persecuting us, but then the Lord said, 
Behold, he is praying. Hallelujah. If the Lord sends, to, sends you to somebody who is praying, go. Hallelujah. But he is praying, the Lord said. And the Lord said, you go there and you pray for him that he might receive his sight again because he is blind. And you should baptize him. And we know this story. And Paul recited this story of his again. And he said clearly, or the Bible says there in Acts 22, verse 16. And that's speaking Ananias. Now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins. That means that baptism is symbolically washing away of your old life. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what it means actually. And be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of Jesus. Now, baptism doesn't forgive sins. Baptism is a symbol of our past life has been washed away. Hallelujah. Been washed away. What forgives sin? And I want to be very, very clear. If water would wash away our sins, then all these Hindis or Hindus who have been washed and been dipped in the Ganges, you know, they all would be clean. But no. The Bible says very clearly, and I want to give you the clear answer. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 In whom we have redemption through what? Through his through his blood. Hallelujah. John, you got it right. You should preach it and you do it. I know. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. The grace of God is so great that any sinner, no matter what he has in his past done, can be saved by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. That's why it's fair enough if you call yourself a Christian and somebody would come and say, have you been washed in the blood? What would your answer be? My answer would be, praise the Lord. I've been washed in the blood. And we follow the Lamb. And that's what it says in Revelation these are those who have made the, the garments white in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a time there were some people, they were trying to preach and say, well, um, we, 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 we can't say it. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? 
that's not nice, not aesthetic. You should ask a different question, and some people have been mocked about it. We have a wonderful song, and I like it. Have you been to Jesus? To the cleansing found. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Hallelujah. And that's salvation being washed in the blood of the Lamb. And as I said, the early church didn't accept anybody as a Christian if they were not baptized. And I'm not quite sure why I should preach this morning. Perhaps if there are people this morning who gave their life to Jesus and not been baptized as yet, I, I, I don't know. So why I have to preach it. Be baptized. Be baptized. And we see it very clearly. Now listen. We know the story about Lydia. Lydia yes? And she believed in the Lord in Acts chapter 16 verse 15 it says. And when she and her household had been baptized. She urged us saying. If you have judged me to be faithful. Of the Lord come into my house and stay and she prevailed upon us there was a hesitation from Lydia she gave her life to the Lord the Lord opened her heart and she believed in the gospel and she got baptized and if you judge me look at me I've been baptized. Am I faithful to the Lord? Yes. And then she said, then you could stay in my house. So she knew it was a very critical part to be baptized if we believe in Jesus Christ. We need to be baptized. And she said, after she was baptized at your household, come stay in my house. And she prevailed. Perhaps somehow the disciples were a little bit comprehensive or so and didn't want to, I don't know. But she prevailed. So come, come. You are my brothers and I am your sister. We belong together. Come. I want to have you in my household. Welcome. That's why we welcome each other so greatly. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's something, and you read it later on. I don't want to preach it. Perhaps you can preach it next time. Now those who gave their life to Jesus and believed in him got baptized. And what happened then, and we read later on, and they were eating their meals together. They had fellowships. And they had communion together. Hallelujah. We are one body in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And Peter said, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's very important to understand this section too. By the way, I'm a Pentecostal. 
Now receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit can be understood in this case two ways. First of all, you will receive the Spirit of God who will be indwelling you and as a pledge, as the Apostle says in another uh, scripture. That's one thing. That means you will be, the Holy Spirit will indwell you. But also it could be understood because this whole thing was preached and was in a charismatic milieu. Do you understand that? It was in a Pentecostal milieu. Milieu has environment. It could also be because they saw what the Spirit of God did. People were filled of the Holy Ghost and they spoke in tongues which others could understand it was in different languages. But also the Apostle Paul speaks about and we can read in 1 Corinthians he speaks of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We call them charismatic gifts. And we read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. It could also be understood that God will give you a gift too. Because it's on the background of Joel chapter 2, the verses 28 to 32. And I will pour out my spirit in the last days, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Hallelujah. You know what it means? God will also awaken gifts of the Spirit as we read in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 in the church. And I must say we, we pray about it as well. Ellen and I, we spoke about this as well. We need also gifts in the Holy Spirit. Gifts by the Spirit. Hallelujah. And I remember I, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we had in our church in Germany, we had uh, so-called prayer weeks, you know, or uh, what was the other word again? Terry meetings. Yes, have you heard about Terry meetings? Where you come together and pray and pray and pray and pray. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. And I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden I spoke in other tongues. I didn't understand it. But that's what it was. And we see later on in Acts, wherever the apostles were, and people got saved, they prayed for them that they might receive the gifts or the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. That means that your old sin are being washed away. 
our sins we have done are forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you and fill the whole church, John, with the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way. One thing I must say, Pentecost as an event was only once. But Pentecost as an experience we can experience all the time. Hallelujah. So I was a very eager pastor when I was a young pastor. You wouldn't have liked me as, as your pastor of your church. I can guarantee you. We had a time where I felt in the spirit that the church should go into prayer. And we prayed for weeks. And we had every, every night prayer meeting in the church. And I remember one prayer meeting, I did something, you know. You know how you can also pray? I did this. I was kneeling in the first row and I did this. And somehow I saw there people missing. Guess what I did? Was I happy? You know what I did, John? I said to the elder praying next to me, you're in charge of the prayer meeting now. And I jumped into my car and I visited one after the other. And so, ah, oh, how are you? I'm oh, good. They were at the TV. I said, what, what are you doing? I know I couldn't do it here in Australia. <laughs> but I did it. What are you doing? We are on our knees and crying to God for revival. And you are sitting here. Watching on, on this thing. So get up, come on. Join us in prayer meeting. I only had a few people coming with me. But I tell you what, this time when we prayed, the Lord blessed the church powerfully. Hallelujah. And we had this morning our prayer time together, my dear brother John and I and his wife. It is wonderful. May the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. And John, God bless you here as a pastor. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. Heart-piercing sermons. And what was the answer? And then we read here. And those who believed in Jesus or, or took this word of, of Peter got baptized and 3,000 souls were added. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you have done well here. Keep preaching, keep praying. People will come.
to the Lord, John. Hallelujah. There's nothing in vain we do for the Lord. Amen. Last Sunday I experienced again. I saw two young men at the entrance and I thought somehow I know them. And I went to there and the one young man's name was Michael. Michael? So he asked, do you know me? So, I don't know. I don't know. And it goes back about 20 years or so. I was in your church. We started to, that you should know, we started our church then in Clayton. And then we moved from Clayton to, to Rivoli. And said, how are you going? Praise the Lord. And there was another young man there. So who, who are you? Oh, I'm the father of Mario. Uh, no, no, the son, I'm sorry. The son of Mario. Mario? Who is this again? Then I remembered. John, nothing is in vain we do for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Mario, he used to work with us as a boiler maker welder. And I was witnessing to him often, often. And he said, Werner, I will come to your church. Oh, by the way, it's not my church. I didn't die for any church. I will come to your church. Promise me to come with me at least once. To a nightclub, said, no deal. We don't make deals with the devil, do we? But it's stuck in him. And here is his son coming to church. Praise the Lord. You explain these things unto me. I can't. It's the Spirit of God. And we could talk to him. And I'm praying for him that his son gives his life to the Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing is in vain. 3,000 souls. Hallelujah. So if that happened, John, let it be God's problem how to get him in here. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. You're so good. And Lord, I thank you that your word speaks to our heart. And if your word has spoken to anyone, Lord, I pray that you might give grace to act upon this word. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. We do love you. Hallelujah.